Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, another Hollywood Godfather podcast. My uh, Amre here, my <laughs> ex-detective, Pat Picciarelli, and co-author is with us. Hi, everybody. Megan, our millenn- millennium, is millennium. here. Millennium. 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 Whatever that is. That's me. And I'm so happy. I was invited a few weeks ago. I met a gentleman on the phone. We talked for an hour and a half like we were old friends. I did his show for over an hour, and he is a legend in our business. And I actually was in his audience when I was 16 years of age at at the uh, um, the, the Latin Quarter. No, not the Latin Quarter. Uh, no, no, not the Copa. No, he, he, see, Copa never had opening act, so he opened for Judy Garland. And it, was, it wasn't the Latin Quarter, I think it was. It was the Latin. That's the the legend, the voice of Sid Croft. Sid, welcome, welcome to Hollywood Thank Godfather. Thank you so much. It's an honor. Thank you. Thank you for asking me. No, I mean, and, we'll and, ask you many times because you have more stories than I'll ever. <laughs> well, because I'm older, you know. Okay. I'm, uh, I'm almost ninety-two years old, so. It started uh, in show business when I was 10, professionally. So I got a lot, a lot of stories. But what's exciting to me uh, is that we both lived in the same world together. Oh, I know. You know, and, we, and when you tell me your stories and I tell you mine, oh, my God, we know or we knew all those people. Nah, that is crazy. Thank God we're here. <laughs> yeah. Most oh, no, of them I'm are gone. <laughs> oh yeah. It's every morning when I wake up, I I thank God. Yes, thank you. Yep. And uh I know Pat and, and Megan has been doing their research. Well, we use her so you know how she's been with the show since we started, fortunately. And we use her as the young audiences who can ask the question, she's representing our full body of uh, fans, fortunately, all across the world. I mean, we get letters from Australia, India, everywhere. So we're we're listening in a very broad spectrum of the universe, fortunately. So we ask her sometimes to jump in when she, we're talking to two veterans like you and I. Pat's, Pat's still on the periphery of being a veteran, I guess he's a he's a veteran from the Vietnam War. But other than that, I mean, he's a young guy compared to us. So I'll, I'll be there tomorrow. Don't worry about it. <laughs> yeah, getting, getting very close. <laughs> Since uh, we're talking about you're the godfather of Hollywood, and I'm the grandfather of puppetry, so oh, that's I don't wild. know who's going to win. You who will. Gets, you will you believe. Know, Gets top billing, but I'm okay with that. No, you, but, got, you, know, you got top billing. Believe me. 1958, I, I came out here many, many times, but in 58, I decided to make Hollywood my home, and I found a house right off of Hollywood Boulevard on the top of the top of a, a steepest hill. You know, it was like a San Francisco hill. And uh, this house 
Rudolph Valentino kept his horses there. Oh, he was wow. a silent movie star and huge star in the 30s. And, uh, and the coach house in the back of this property, I rented it and made it my home for 11 years. I paid 75 bucks a month rent. <laughs> and there was a little balcony in the back of the house. I could not see the Hollywood Bowl, but I could hear it. And the Beatles, that I don't know, 62 or whatever it was, uh, I invited all the people I knew to experience the Beatles. We couldn't see them, but we never heard them because the little girls, for an hour and a half, you could just hear little girls screaming. And so that's all... Uh, we are. I know right where you are now, because you you are. Yeah, I, I know right where you are because I I used to go to the Hollywood Bowl a lot, and if you just kept going up that hill, that's where you are then. Yeah, yeah, that's steep hill. That's a great. That's a great location. Jeez. And and then of course in uh, uh, 1958, that same year, uh, I got one of the greatest jobs on the planet with the biggest star, Judy Garland. And can you imagine they picked me out of all the thousands of acts out there? And I did her national tour. We both knew her. And there's a great story. I don't know how much time we have. Uh, you know, our stories have to be really short, don't they? No, they don't, no. Don't. No, go ahead. Make as much time as you want. We, we could have you back on. <laughs> we we know the even, producers. I don't even know anybody, and my phone is ringing. Yeah. <laughs> Must I be really Judy Garland. Yeah, okay. Um, I was living at the Chateau Marmont. I just got back from Europe. I'd been in Europe uh, almost all through the early uh, 50s because I played the Lido in Paris and the Folie Bergère, and I was in a big show in London. But I even appeared in in Beirut. I also appeared in, um, uh, oh God, I don't know what to do here. Don't worry about it. Phones. I can't just connect them. She just keeps talking, whatever. <laughs> and my bird keeps laughing at it. I have an African gray above me. Oh, they're the best. I had them. They're, yeah. the, great, they're the great talking birds out of all oh, the parrots. Oh, oh, I've had them for 28 years, and I have two Persian cats. They all hang out together. He kisses them on the lips all the oh, time. Oh, that's wild. Yeah. And, and you know, they're not like a parrot. They... Uh, you know, they have a, their sentences that make sense. Yeah, that's amazing. No, they are a, an amazing bird. Okay, back to the story. So anyway, uh, I came back from Europe because Jack Benny brought me back for his Shower of Stars, his big special he did every once a month. And then I couldn't get a job. Because I'd been away so long, no one, you know, no one ever heard of me or something. I don't know what happened. And one day, I'm staying at the Chateau Marmont in a little room, 
uh, facing the alleyway. That's all I could afford. Where in the bathroom, uh, it had a hot plate. So, you know, you could do what you had to do and boil an egg at the same time. <laughs> with the worst room. It's the worst. Okay. And, and Jack Benny was at a party. Judy Garland was looking for, or Sid Luft, her husband, that was her manager, looking for an act to open at the Flamingo Hotel in Vegas wow. and then tour the country, right? And that was her first engagement in Vegas. So it was a big, big, big Oh my deal. God, yeah. Yeah, you know. So I get a call from Sid Luft and he said, we were at a party. I never heard of you. Jack Benny said, oh no, this is the act. You gotta, you know, get this act. Uh, would you audition? I said, I've never auditioned in my life. I said, do you know, just a, a month ago, I did a command performance for the Queen and I played Radio City Music Hall and I started naming all, all the places that I played. I just got back from Europe. And he said, well, we just can't hire you uh, like that, you know. And then he hung up. He called me back. He said, well, I checked you out. Could we come over and meet you? I said, we? Uh, he said, yeah, well, are you available today at 2 o'clock? Because we're going to go record at Columbia. I said, well, who are you coming with? Well, who's we? He said, Judy Go. At the Chateau Marmont, in my little room, <laughs> with two people, it was, you know, two people, you couldn't, you'd have to stand in the hall. Okay, so I run downstairs to the desk. I said, Judy Garland's coming. Oh my God, I, I just, what do I do? Where do I see her? Do you have a, a nicer room that I could just borrow? And they said, no, the hotel sold out. But the the penthouse, at at that time, the penthouse was a couple of thousand dollars a night. You yeah. know? And they said, the penthouse is avail available, but Sophie Lorraine is coming tomorrow. It's full of flowers. Don't touch it. Don't touch anything. You can only have it for an hour. So Judy Garland shows up. I'm in this... Big sweet, I'm just a puppet act. Give me a break. <laughs> yeah, a little puppet act. Judy Garland shows up with Sid Love. I borrowed somebody's houseboy that was a permanent guest. Actually, it was Jack Benny's director and producer that lived at the chateau. And he brought up a tray of booze. Nobody wanted anything, you know. And she just listened. And I wasn't getting anywhere. You know, he just couldn't accept uh, not seeing my act. As a matter of fact, my act was still in London. I had to ship it over. Okay, so anyway, uh, I, we, we made small talk. I looked at my watch. I said, you know, I'm expecting someone, and I'm going to have to ask you both to leave. Well, I and love Judy it. Carlin got up. I'll never forget this. Her nose right up against my nose. She grabbed my arm. I still have a bruise. And she said, I love 
that you're throwing us out. You know, and they left. <laughs> and, and 20 minutes later, Sid left. Okay, we checked you out. It was her that, yeah. you know, wanted my act. I showed the clippings. I didn't have anything, you know. And so um, he gave me a price, and I said, I can't work for that. And it was more money than I ever made in my life <laughs> because I had a contract to go back to London. The Folly Bergere was opening at the Prince of Wales, but it was two months away, you know, and I needed a job desperately because I uh, supported my family. Yeah. And so, um, well, anyway, I made a deal with him because I knew he was a gambler. I said, okay, let's forget the salary. Uh, fly my act in from London. Make sure, fly me to Vegas. Make sure I get a nice room. Opening night, opening night was only stars. Huge, huge. The biggest stars in the world. Three plane loads, you know, they flew in. And so, uh, and then we'll talk. Well. You could have been, you know, a dog act or a, a kid act or a puppet act always stops the show. And and the rest was history. And I did the whole tour with her. There's more to the story. But how how long were you with her? Huh? How long were you with her? Uh, yeah, uh, over a year. Oh, that's we great. We closed at the Fontainebleau. Oh, in, in Miami. Miami. Yeah, yeah, sure. I mean, we played everywhere, you know. The, oh, the Greek theater? Nobody played to this day that I know of the Greek theater for a whole solid week. You wow. know, big stars, Neil Diamond, maybe two nights, you know, at the most. That's great. But, yeah, we were there six days. So uh, that's my story with Judy Garland, but I have many. Many, many. We many. all do. She was, <laughs> yeah, she was a trip. But insane. We, we talked about the Key Club in Chicago. Oh my God! Yeah. Yeah, but I didn't finish it because you kept telling me that you were always called the kid. Right. Nobody knew your name. Right. Well, in the Key Club, there was also a kid, my same age, and we became friends. I never knew his name. It was the kid. And one day, I, I was working in a big show at the Stevens Hotel at that time. And one day, he gave me a package. It was all wrapped up. It was like a shoebox. And he said, put that in your closet. I only had one pair of shoes, so up, up the top shelf, you know, put it and, and push it over. Don't open this up. And I'll be back for, you know, in a while. That package drove me crazy, you know. <laughs> and when I went, I, of course, didn't open it. And when I went to the key club one time, it might have been the time even my I brought my mom there with me that came to visit me. I asked for the kid. I said, I haven't seen the kid. And they said to me, we don't know who you're talking about. There you go. What, yeah. what year was that? That was 1950. 
52. 52, yeah. Yeah, I got the name after they killed him. <laughs> oh, no, no, listen to this. In the middle of the night, maybe a week went by, I got a knock on my door, and there was a, I said, who is it? And uh, I don't remember the answer. In those days, you opened up your door, you, you left your door unlocked, you know, in those days. And he said, uh, that package that you have, I'm here to pick it up. And that was the end of the story. And I was really I was scared for my whole engagement that I was, I knew that there was something really weird going on. I never went back to the key club after they picked <laughs> up the package. I didn't want to be part of that. You know, we talked about Sidney Korshak, or we talked about, you know, all these, the 500. I worked there with Liberace in Atlantic know. City. It's so you know. No, your history, I mean, I followed you around unbeknownst, but it was just every place we were, you know. I mean, yeah. the, the 500 but, Club was, I mean, that was a, a great mobbed-up club for, for years. That was the showroom in Atlantic City before the hotels even. Oh, yeah. Uh, and Liberace, I, I worked there with Liberace. Well, he was a huge, huge star. Oh, my God. Bigger yeah. than the Beatles. I mean, you couldn't. For years, too. Oh, yeah, forever. And my grandmother to... watched him every Saturday night on television. Oh, yeah. my God, yeah, yeah. And uh, after he did his television show, he came to Paris and was staying at the Ritz. And he was a big star. I, mean, I had never met him in person, but we knew about each other because we were both Hilton acts. Remember when right. the Hilton Hotel oh, yeah. had showrooms? They were huge. Yeah. That that yeah. that was the biggest showroom in Vegas when they opened uh, at the, oh, at the yeah. International. But all the Hilton hotels. Oh yeah. The off the you know the uh, all the all the the Palmer House. Yep. In Chicago, you know they all had like Liberace. Oh yeah. Uh, and and who was it? Dorothy Shay, the be the the. Uh, Beverly Hills Hillbilly or whatever she was called, right. and uh, and Hildegard. Remember Hildegard? I I knew her vaguely. I never got that whole thing that, that she had a. Yeah, amazing... because you're just a spring chicken. Yeah. I'm ninety, almost ninety-two. Yeah, I you know, know. You, you got far to go. Oh yeah, <laughs> I know that. But I'm just I remember Hildegard. <laughs> I wasn't impressed with Hildegard at all. Megan, <laughs> right, do you have any great questions for our? Yeah, legend yeah. here, Megan. Come on, you're on. All I right, here we go. What do I have for you? Yeah. Um, so those of us who haven't had the privilege of seeing your act, your original puppetry act, what was it? What was it like? Well, everybody asks me that all the time. You know, the music was, it was all music. Uh, the act was like about 18 minutes long. I opened for, you know, you name it, so many stars. Way, you know, I, I toured with Liberace too for over a year. And they we only went, wanted eighteen minutes. Eighteen for the opening act. Yeah. That was pretty long. Yeah, eighteen wow. minutes. Yeah, because the star always did an hour. 
Yeah, I, I was yeah. Rickles. I was Don Rickles' opening act, my first yeah. break, and I did a half hour. You did a half hour. Yeah. yeah, but it's different. In the showrooms in Vegas, right. they want that audience the hell out of there. Oh, they, I know. They used to close the curtain on Liberace, even though he was a huge star. In the, you know, because he loved being on stage. And he went on and on and on. It was like Wayne Newton. They did the same thing to Wayne Newton. <laughs> no, no, they would just close the curtain. Right in the middle of, of a... Another. Yeah, they wanted to get to the tables and gamble. That's yeah, it. no, of course. That's what it was all about. Right. Okay, but um, my act, Henry Mancini, his arranger, wrote my music. My music was oh my unbelievable. God. And, uh, and he wasn't even known then. And my act, it was all dressed by Pierre Balmain in Paris. I mean, I, it, and, and the puppets did things. It was very technical. I worked on the floor in black. I wasn't inside of a stage. And you just see, saw the reflection of my hands and my face. I moved like a dancer. So it wasn't just a still act. And no one ever saw anything like it, you know? And it's always changed. And I had my puppets stripped. I had a stripper. She took <laughs> off nine pieces. Yeah. Like, wow. Yeah. Impressive. And, no, 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 no. No one ever saw anything like that. You know, it was a, not for kids. It was an adult, you know? I, I uh, always closed with a big black number. And I had like a 15-piece that was all on animatronically operated uh, behind those two puppets. One smoked a cigarette. She actually had a lighter, <laughs> and she lit her cigarette. She inhaled and exhaled. Wow. But it was like, and my act closed with, this is great, if you ask me what I did, what, what my act was like. You know, I never had an encore because I always got big applause and whatever. And so I came back with a puppet of me, dressed like me, working a little juggler. And the orchestra started up and the little juggler kept, it didn't work. He kept dropping his pins and the orchestra would stop the old vaudeville trick make the audience nervous. I would reload it in front of the audience and we'd start again, it didn't work. So the puppet of me dropped the little puppet that he was working and it just collapsed on the ground. I took the strings of the puppet of me, I threw them down. What's supposed to happen to me? I should have fallen over. No, I picked up the little puppet and I walked off all by myself. And I never came back for a bow after that. You know, and then they play Judy Garland, they play her somewhere over the rainbow, you know, her theme music, and then that's how she followed me. But she always used to stand in the wings and watch me because I drove her crazy. Because with a marionette, you have to be a beat early because it takes a beat for it to connect when you pull a string. And that's what drove her crazy. 
I was a beat early with everything. That's so funny. Yeah. Okay, that's that's my story. (laughs) So tell us about the progression from being an opening act to creating who knows how many shows. Okay, what happened was, okay, let me just, uh, what happened was I closed at the Fairmont Hotel with my act 20 years. I was doing my act. Fairmont in San Francisco. Tony Martin, Sid Charisse were the last people, uh, the last time I did my act at the Fairmont. We were booked in, I think, three weeks or whatever. I cried a lot. Okay. Uh, because that was like, hey, I started when I was 10 years old. And then I got this crazy idea to do a show with all puppets called Les Poupées de Paris. Les Poupées de Paris ended up playing to nine and a half million people. It it opened here in Los Angeles and then another company opened at the Seattle World's Fair, the New York World's Fair, the San Antonio World's Fair. And it was the big, big attraction. And it was all puppets, but it was like the Lido or the Folie Bergère. The show cost as much as a Broadway show. It was huge. It took three months to install the stage because it had, oh, elevators, a swimming pool, an ice rink, all real. You know, uh, it rained, it had, waterfalls, you know, all these effects, fireworks, just like the Lido or one of those shows. And then out of that came um, television because uh, we were asked to do uh, Six Flags, to do a puppet show at Six Flags because a new Six Flags was opening. Because at the New York World's Fair, the owner of Six Flags had a show next door to us called To Broadway With Love. It had 150 people in the cast. It was huge. And it flopped. Tommy Toon was in it. Oh, my God. Tommy's a good friend of ours. Yeah. He was just a dancer. Such a great, amazing man. He came next door to see Le Poupée all the time. And so, and we were the only ones that made it in, in the two years. All the shows around us closed. Leonidoff did the Aqua show across from us. The big, that was from the thir- 1939 World Wow. Trip. Yeah. And we had Ringling Brothers next to us in a big top. That was 64. The Big Top closed in 53 or whatever. 50 cents, nobody went. No one. And But we made it, you know. And uh, Six Flags came to us and said, do you want, we build a theater for you and the Coca-Cola company will sponsor it in our new park in Atlanta, Georgia that we're building? I said, what am I going to do? Les Poupées de Paris is for adults only. You have to be 21 to see it. There were no dirty jokes. It was just 
tits and ass, you know, that's what it's all. Yeah. And so that's with puppets. You know, Pat and I would have been there. You <laughs> yeah, but you know, we need to have a talk about that. you that's there's a little uh I don't know, what do, what do you call it? You love X rated, yeah? Yeah. That's funny. <laughs> okay. Um okay so anyway, um uh, I came up with a show that was like I thought I'm dealing with teenagers. They're not going to come and see a puppet show, you know, and I got to be number one. So I did an acid trip. I mean, a total acid trip puppet show, you know, where the audience gets totally involved. It all happens around you. A flying saucer in the opening flew over their heads as big as the theater. (laughs) You know, that's what they came to see. And then we we were in all six black parks and Kings Island and all the amusement parks in our country had a we had a puppet theater. Then I became the head of uh, uh, the parks. We, they they put us they opened up a place for us right behind the Burbank Airport that we called the Show Business Factory. And they they paid for this thing, this place that we were going to build. They wanted us to be the creative heads of all the six pack, uh, six flag parks and build the rides, whatever they needed, you know. And that's what we did. I I put together. It was like a Disney operation. Put together the most incredible group of people. Uh, Sid, uh, uh, Sid, if I can ask a question, was yeah. any of uh, of your acts ever captured on video or film? You know what? That's a that's a really good question. Le Poupée de Prix, I have tons of photographs and whatever. It was never ever shot. Can you believe it? That's a um, shame. No, it was it was hideous that. We never did that because I don't know, you know, my whole career, it's like my act. I would get a review and I would send it to my mom and she'd call me and say, that was very nice, you know, and throw it away, <laughs> throw it away, you know what I mean? And even, I mean, I toured in Egypt. I don't have pictures of that in Beirut. I worked in a club for the Arabs. I'm not talking about the tourists. You know, I have stories. It's like unbelievable. They thought I was a magician. You know, they didn't know how I did all all that. And so it's just believing my stories. You know, even though I live in Hollywood, I don't make up my stories. They are all <laughs> real, you know. So, no, that's crazy that we don't, you know, we have a, we have a huge warehouse with all of our stuff because we did 26 television series, did 28 live shows, you know, it's like, it's, it's insane. And I'm working on something so big right now, actually with David Copperfield. Oh yeah, he was you a know? guest, he was a house yeah, guest yeah. a couple of weeks ago. Yeah. 
Yeah, he came to my house last week with his family. They were all, they all had their shots. So, because they were the first people I've seen in a year. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I'll tell you though that he, he's an interesting guy. I watched him when he first came to Vegas. And that's 30, 40 years ago. 40 years, I asked him. Yeah. 40 years, Caesar's Palace, right? Yeah. He was an opening act for everybody. Right. And he had a hard time even getting a job at the beginning, he said, because magic was like puppets. Right. My first agent, oh, in the Brill Building, my first agent, and this is a mob story too, my first agent was in the Brill Building. I just moved to New York from Providence, Rhode Island. Oh my God! I'm, yeah, I'm 14. Years Raymond, old. Raymond Patriarca territory. <laughs> <laughs> Gianni, I'm 14. My agent had an office with two pictures on the wall: a phone, a pencil, and a pad. And you know, and it was as big as my room at the uh, Chateau Marmont, right? And I have my. But he was in the Brill Building. That was the building to be in. (laughs) He he had the smallest office. Like I had the smallest room. I come in with my my puppet act that I had at that time, and I had a Victrola, and I auditioned for him, you know, in the office. And he said, "Hey, kid, call me, kid. Um, First of all, you, I've got to change your name." It's not going to look good on on the marquee. But the biggest thing is, I can't sell a puppet act. You know, just get rid of that. Because that's for little kids. You know, and I book nightclubs and theaters, and you know. And and he said, you're going to have to come up with something else. Well, at the opening of our uh, interview that we did together, Remember, uh, Kelly does the announcement and says, the unusual artistry of Sid Croft, right? And people wonder, what the hell is that all about with the gong? Well, I traveled with the biggest gong in the world. I had, (laughs) I own the biggest gong, okay? As a matter of fact, Frank Sinatra borrowed it from me because if you listen to his recording on the road to Mandalay, that's my gong. Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. So anyway, that's the way my act used to open, to get everybody's attention. I'd never let an MC come out and say, here he is, direct from Radio City Music Hall. Let's give him a big hand. I hated that, even as a kid. So whoever I followed off stage, the mic had to go off stage, and all he said was, in the dark, ladies and gentlemen, the unusual artistry of Sid Croft. Gong. Oh, my God. It echoed 10 blocks away. That's <laughs> the wild. audience. You know, you were sold after that. So, anyway, uh, Jesus, what were we talking about? I have a, I just had a senior moment. What it? Well, uh, you were talking about your gong. Did you, did you ever do uh, uh, Ed Sullivan? Oh, twice. Oh, my God, yeah. yeah. We talked about it. Yeah. Jackie Green was the second time I was on, 
And you know, Ed Sullivan. That's a funny story. You should say it though. Again. Yeah, Ed Sullivan made uh, had to look at the whole show, a run through. Yeah, a run through right before they went live. And the second time, I was okay for the first time. He gives you about three minutes, two minutes, whatever. And I came back, and I, in my act, there was a big skeleton number. It was terrific, you know, with a coffin, and it caught on fire, and, and the skeleton flew apart. And it was a great, great, it was like a little showstopper. Okay, so anyway, uh, after the, uh, the run-through, I got a notice that I was fired. I wasn't going to appear that night. They gave me my check, you know. And Checky Green got really pissed off because we worked with him. And he was a big star then, too. Oh, huge. He was the star of Ed Sullivan, that show. Yeah, he was the, the top attraction that Sunday. Okay, so he went to to uh, Ed Sullivan and said, I'm not going to appear tonight. And Ed Sullivan said, why are you sick? What, what's wrong? And he said, no, that was terrible. Those are my friends. Say, Crow, you know, you can't fire him. That's, he's, he's a great person or whatever the hell he said. You know, you can't do that. So I did appear that night and I love Gianni. You said, what a great, Thing for him to do. Oh you know? yeah, very few actors. Done, you know that. That yeah. at that caliber, when they're riding high, they are not going to jeopardize their career. So, no. That, that, you know, uh, you know, guys. I'm thinking. Uh, you know, a lot of Ed Sullivan shows, if not all of them, were were are on video. Yeah. You so show what, actors you, on video. I, I, yeah. I yeah. There's a company called the 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 Sofa company there in LA yeah. and I had to sign a release for the book because there's a book an Ed Sullivan a big coffee table book and I'm in there it said I appeared there twice but there's no picture really yeah. yeah and uh you know so you I, were thinking Pat they may have tape on it yeah because you know uh we, we have a channel here I, I'm in the Pittsburgh said, and that, that, uh, uh, tell anybody that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> <Pittsburgh>. <laughs> I love, do you know what the uh, Tony Mark used to do about Pittsburgh? He was driving his hands and show yeah, his butt. He said, That's Pittsburgh. <laughs> there's, a, there's a retro show on here. Yeah. Here that, uh, Ed Sullivan is on like twice a day. Wow. I haven't seen the same show twice. I mean, he's got, well, how many years is he on? 10 years at least. Right? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. I love him. Every Sunday night, right here from, right from Broadway. Yeah, of course. Yeah, that's, Broadway. Where there, that's where, that's uh, where, uh, Studio 54, isn't that? that right thing? around the corner, yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. No, he's, uh, they still use that theater. That That's had more names. Now it's Colbert. I mean, it went from Letterman to Colbert to keep going back as you go back into time. Yeah. But you know where you can get a piece of footage of, of my act or, or a number 
on the Jack Benny show, uh, we have it. We have that footage. If you need it, we need to send it to you. Jacques Dembois was the premier dancer at the New York City Ballet, and I had a marionette, an ugly ballerina, that danced with him, and her name was Kikinashinska. And, and Jack Benny introduced, because Jack Benny, he's the one that brought me back from Europe. I was going to stay there to do that show, you know, and he's the one that got me Judy Garland, you know. Wow. I loved him. He was great. You had a hell of a life, Sid. Uh, yeah. Hey, did you know, did you know that general artists, Julian, they handled Louis Armstrong and Oh, that was a long time ago. No. Yeah, but the CEO, he was the mob, definitely. Well, I, I had a great story about Jack Benny. His last performance was at the Tropicana Hotel. And maybe, I, I'm, why I want to bring it up, I wonder if he was doing that while he was with you. And so Sinatra said, you know, he, I had my club at the time, State Street, he said, Johnny, do me a favor, send a car and pick him up because he didn't like to be alone. I said, no problem. So after his second show, he was doing two shows a night at the, at the Tropicana Hotel. He'd come to me around 2 o'clock in the morning. About 6.30, 7 o'clock, the guy's still talking. <laughs> he never wanted to go to bed. So after a couple of days, I said, Jack, I, I got to get some sleep. He says, why? You're a young man. I said, I said why don't you want to go to sleep? He said, I'm afraid to close my eyes. I'm not going to get up. <laughs> <laughs> well, I feel like that, too. <laughs> he was a classy guy, though, I tell you. Amazing, oh, I love him. Perfect yeah. timing. You know, Dean Martin, we were, we were regulars on the Dean Martin show, and we were fired on that, too. Oh, that's, that, well, we did about, I don't know, we didn't do the whole season, maybe eight shows or six, or whatever it was. They paid us off. Well, that but, wasn't him, though. I forgot oh, the guy. Yes, he was. He, no, he fired He did it? Was, oh, yeah, why? Oh, yeah, I, I want to know why. Because Liberace, I asked Liberace, you got the biggest fan club on the planet. I said, would you have your fans write Dean Martin and tell them there should be more puppets on it? <laughs> and they got... They got hundreds of thousands of letters, like, you know, from women, you know, because that's what Liberace was, all women. Oh, yeah. And they would say, you old drunk or whatever. You <laughs> want to, you know? And he said, fire them. He got his office up to the roof was full of letters. Oh, wow. <laughs> and so we were fired. Then we went with all those puppets to Studio Uno in Rome. Remember that show? It was that's Studio a, Uno. Yeah, I mean, that's... Television show, yeah. and the, That and was we Berlusconi. Wasn't that Berlusconi? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yeah, I remember that. And we that. were regulars on that show. Also fired. I've been fired. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Sophie Tucker, when I work with her at the... Uh, a Latin Quarter. Oh, you're going to tour with me. You're going to be my opening act. Never happened. You know, I've heard so much bullshit in my <laughs> career. <laughs> That's Hollywood, right? 
Yeah. Oh, yeah, man. Oh, yeah. And, and no, no. You know who's Hollywood? Gianni. Hollywood, you keep saying you're the godfather yeah. of Hollywood. So you're taking the pressure, okay? Oh, I don't mind taking the pressure. Believe me, I've had such a great life. and to, I mean, we never, we didn't, in fact, Pat and I can't even take the credit for the title of the book. The editors told us what they wanted to name it, and we loved it. But they do, and they, do, they did it well. They did it well because... They sure did. It was a smart move, me coming from The Godfather, and they, and they wanted to use it. I wanted to use it because of my ego. I wanted the association. But they called us one day and said, this is the title. And, and you okay. want to know something? Hollywood is, people are so fascinated with that word. Oh, my you know, God, yeah. All over the world. And I got to tell you something. Because I announced to buy your book, you know, a couple of times, uh, I got so many messages from people thanking me. They just love it. And, oh, you know, good, good. Well, it's, it's a, I mean, when you talk about Marilyn Monroe on my Instagram, oh, my God, Paul Rubin called me immediately and said, the press is going to pick this up. Oh, good. Did it help you? Well, they didn't. I don't know. Or maybe they will. Apparently, you're a, you're a parrot like the book, too. He's very, very vocal. He's hyping it up, I guess. <laughs> yeah. My parrot? Yeah. 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 Like, oh, he's going crazy up there. He sounds like Groucho Marx to me. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we had him on the Donnie Marie show, and I, he, he never appeared because they took him away in an ambulance. I don't know what happened. Oh, wow. He, he had an attack. Uh, heart attack on our set during rehearsals or so but but I did get to meet him you know and in his dressing room I sat with him for a while and then something happened I hope I didn't cause it <laughs> <laughs> I don't think so yeah. how, how is our producer doing how's our time my dear we can wrap it up whenever. We can tell another story. Whatever you guys want to do. Well, you're gonna. What do you do? You edit, right? No, you're, we go straight through. No, we'll keep it all. We keep oh, it all. Oh no, yeah. we keep it all. Well, when I talked about general artists, because they they were my agents for a little while. I was with the William Morris office, and I, you know all those agencies. Oh, as you know, they're like a delicatessen. They just take orders. They well, no, you, you know go. why? As as we mentioned on your show, what most people don't realize in our business, if you wanted to work, you worked for the mob indirectly because they owned every club. <laughs> That's right. And they're the ones who make the decision. Request you back. Yeah. Yeah, like Boston. I can't remember what the It wasn't the Latin Quarter. It was, I can't remember what the name was. I worked there with Joey Lewis and uh, and Jane. I don't want to say her last name because I know <laughs> I don't want. To, I don't know if no, she'd be over a hundred. Oh yeah, she's not alive now. anymore. I don't think she's around. No, no talent, but a great body <laughs> <laughs> and big. You know what? Hello. <laughs> Hello. Well, we're gonna have to have you back on though because you're such a delight and. Uh, well, thank and, you and, so you know, much. 
And I'm half the title of our show is Hollywood, and you know a lot about it. But we well, really appreciate you being on with us today. Well, you know, I played the Coconut Grove here I know. a ton of times because they had big bands, and I oh, yeah. I was always a, the perfect act because they'd only have one act. You know, the singers, and they would right. play their famous tunes. Tommy Dorsey or... Oh, the Coconut Grove was the last club there. Yeah, and you know what the Coconut Grove? You had to get dressed up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Even on a Monday night. You had to wear... The women had to wear gowns, you know? And I went there also uh, with... Oh, I went there with Tony and Sid. Oh, they were the best. And the Reagans... Oh, came sure. with them because they were really good friends of them. Right. And I'll never forget, everybody was sitting, they were sitting around, I was just listening, and uh, and they were talking about all the scandal in Hollywood, you know, and, you know, just scandals, one thing after another. Oh, their dinner parties late at night, my God. Yeah, like all the dirt. Oh I yeah, mean, and you know, pe- people don't know the the original Rat, Rat Pack wasn't yeah. Sinatra them; it was Bogart. Wow. You know, Humphrey Bogart had the original Rat Rat Pack, him him and and, uh, and his wife. They had all the great dinner parties, and there yeah. was you were sworn to secrecy because I mean they were they had they were wife swapping. I mean they were way ahead of the curve. I mean it was it's craziness. <laughs> <laughs> you might have to edit this story. Humphrey Bogart, just bring up a name and I have a story. I'm at a Broadway show. It's intermission. Of course, we all go to the bathroom, right? And I'm at, at the urine and I don't know what made me do it. I looked over at the person next to me, their face, and I it was Humphrey Bogart, right? And I said, hi. I thought I knew him. Hi. And he got so uh, oh, perturbed with me, or whatever the word is. He was just really mad at me, and he pulled his zipper up and caught it. Oh. <laughs> 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 and, yeah, so he remembered me for the rest of his life. But you know you the know? funniest thing? When <laughs> that happened a couple of times to Dean Martin, <laughs> so what he used to do, while he was still going, he'd turn around and say, "Hey, hi, nice meeting you," and pee all over your leg. <laughs> <laughs> we're gonna, oh, I, we're gonna I, close I, on that one. <laughs> <laughs> close on that. Yeah, they're gonna. I don't think I'll be back for another interview. <laughs> oh yes, you will. Are you kidding? Yeah, I just have to say, Humphrey uh, Bogart was pissed off. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. You came up with a really closing line. There you go. That's, that's it. That's a classic. That's why he gets the big bucks, Pat. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I also worked at the Earl Cal Vanities, remember, in Hollywood? Oh, my God. You're going way he back built now. that beautiful building. Of course, when I worked there two years before... He was killed in an airplane crash, so I never met him. But wow, I, I love that theater because after it closed, then it was the Moulin Rouge, right? Yep, yep. And, and the mob owned that. I can't remember his name. That Mickey uh, Cohen. 
Mickey Cohen. Yeah. <laughs> had the Moulin Rouge, really? Yeah, yeah. yeah oh, my God. Because I loved appearing there as much as I could. That stage. Oh, I know. It was a class for act. the yeah. audience. Yeah. It's the best theater, you know. So. Well, Sid, I've thank been, you. I've been around, I've been around okay? <laughs> you, you're going to come around here more often, too. Anytime. Right. I would love you. And, and thank you so much. No, please. Thank you, Sid. Thanks for joining us. Well, thank you. And uh, I'm on Instagram, and every Sunday I go live. Yeah, plug your show, please. If you want to really hear, oh, remember you said you were the opening act for Ben de la Creme? (laughs) Ben de la Creme was on yesterday. We were on for an hour and a half. He has a a million followers. Wow. And, oh, my God. I, I had the biggest viewing audience I've ever had because I've only been on for a year. But 3 o'clock, Sunday, Instagram, oh, my God, you're going to really hear some. And the name of the show is? Sid Croft. Gong. K-R-O-N. I don't have a gong. I should ring a gong now, right? <laughs> ring the, the unusual artistry of Sid Croft. Boy, if you really want to hear the uh, the shit fly. <laughs> you know, there you go. Tune in. All right. Thank you, Sid. Monday. Thank you. Thank you so much. All right, please. And Thank you. To be continued, right? Yes, please. Yes, Definitely. Thank, thank you, Sid. And thank you. Thank right. you, Patrick. We'll be right back with the mailbag, everyone. Thank you. This episode is brought to you partly by Hollywood Godfather La Familia. This sponsor is particularly important to Gianni, Patrick, and myself because it is giving you, our fans, the opportunity to join our family. When joining our family, you have the chance to purchase virtual interactions with Gianni, Patrick, and myself, such as Zoom meetings and video greetings. In addition, you have access to signed merchandise from Gianni, including signed copies of his memoir, Hollywood Godfather, My Life in the Movies and the Mob with Patrick Picciarelli, as well as signed photographs from The Godfather. Visit HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com to join and to learn about how you can become an associate or even an underboss or boss of the family. Such status will come with perks. Prices and details are also available at HollywoodGodfatherFamily.com. Trust us, this is an offer you can't refuse. Today's show is being sponsored by Corleone Fine Italian Food Products. This sponsor really means a lot to me. Corleone Fine Italian has taken the heart and soul of the Godfather films and created a line of food products that include pasta sauce, balsamic vinegar from Modena, Italy, Genco extra virgin olive oil from Sicily. They created delicious pasta sauces, marinade, tomato basil, arrabbiato, and my favorite, Clemenza's meat sauce. You will be amazed. You will think your grandmother made the sauce herself. CorleoneFineItalian.com that's CorleoneBuyingItalian.com. We're back, and we're running a little late because Sid Croft was just too entertaining. We couldn't cut him off out of respect to a guy 92 years old in show business. So let's it's do a couple of letters, and we'll make it up next week. All right, let's get to it. First, we have a message from Oscar. 
Oscar says, hello, guys, from Nashville, Tennessee. I, I would love you guys to know that I have become so enthralled by the podcast. It's one of the highlights of my week. All of your voices meshing and intertwining is like the smell of honeysuckle dew on a summer evening. Wait a minute. I would like to know. <laughs> honeysuckle dew? What do you I think of that, Pat? Her. What do you think about that? <laughs> I, I dated her in high school. Honeysuckle dew. I Moving like that. On. I would like to know if Gianni is planning on coming to Nashville to do a book signing or a clothes appearance. This would be a great place to do an evening with Gianni. I'd be in the front row. Even in the South, we can appreciate culture and class. From my family to yours, Godspeed and God bless. Oh, very nice. Thank you. Any plans to go to Nashville? Well, tell them to book me. If you're listening, <laughs> book us. Tell us where. We'll be there. Yeah. Uh, great. All right. Next is from Brian. Brian says, love the podcast. My question is, did you like working with Steven Seagal in Out for Justice? No. No. He's an idiot. Now he's working for my friend Putin. He's in Siberia. <laughs> Literally, he's in Siberia. What's never he's doing, never he's to doing be well, seen again. Driving. What's he doing? He, he wanted to go. He couldn't come back to this country. So Putin invited him. He's a citizen of Russia. And then he was done with him. Putin just thought the guy was like we all thought. He was full of uh, whatever. And uh, so now he's teaching students martial arts for the government. In Russia. In Russia. And guess who his, part, guess who his friend there is, same place, same camp, Snowden. <laughs> That's a hell of a career move. Hello. Uh, it's amazing. Wow. All right, well, that answers that. Next is from Tom. Gianni has informed me a lot about New York, Toots Shore, Copacabana, and the Westchester Theater. Please help with Coconut Grove, L.A., the restaurant in Beverly Hills that Frank Sinatra owned with Peter Lawford, and the Factory Club in L.A. in the 60s. Thank you for your very interesting and informative shows. I, I'm not... I, I, if he's talking about the restaurant on Little Santa Monica... That was a rumor Sinatra didn't own it. They made him think that he owned it, and people came for that reason. And the only place I knew he did go all the time was on Westwood Boulevard, and that, that was a, a restaurant. We all went all the time. In fact, we had the wife on, and that was called Mateo's. But uh, other than that, I don't know of him owning any restaurant with another actor. But, um, you know... The mob owned so much there, and a lot of guys went and fronted it for them. But um, that's the only knowledge I have about mob and the West Coast. So what can you tell Tom about the Coconut Grove and Factory Club? Well, the Coconut Grove, I mean, that's uh, that, that's a major hotel. It wasn't it was a big nightclub, but not owned by no mob. And that's where the... It's known because that was the assassination of Robert F. Kennedy. Okay. Yep. So, that that's the answers I have for that that question. All right. Moving on. Next is from Paige. Paige says, "I'm a huge fan." In all caps. I listened to Gianni's book right when it came out. I love that he read his own story, and Patrick adds so much "quote unquote" background to Gianni's life stories. And you, Megan, hold the podcast together beautifully, and your perspective on things is appreciated immensely. Thank you. Wow, that's nice. Question. What does Gianni know of the Boston's Isabella Stewart Gardner Museum robbery? I know nothing about it. 
And I wasn't there. I wasn't in town at the time. It was actually a, it was actually a burglary. Uh, and uh, I've heard so many, but I have friends in law enforcement and I mentioned this a few weeks ago that one of them told me that they have it solved, they know where the artwork is, and they're going to uh, expose everything shortly. I don't believe a word of it. I don't mm. think they solved it. I think the FBI's ego is crushed. That rarely happens, right? Yeah, hello. Right. Uh, huh. it's, uh, it's just, it was, it was, if there's a perfect crime, that was it. I'm, I'm sure they know who did it. Prove it. Yep. That's the problem. Interesting. Well, Paige, thank you for your very sweet message. We're going to leave off with that for tonight. Pick up next week. Don't forget to tell your friends. Don't forget to write critiques. We look, we look and need reviews. And thank you for your loyalty, man. Stay safe. Wear a mask. God bless you all. Good night, gang. Good night, guys. If you're feeling sad and lonely, there's a service I could render. I'm the one who loves you only. I could be so warm, so tender. Call me. Don't be afraid, you can call me. Maybe it's late, but just call me. Tell me and I'll be around. Thank you for tuning in to the Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can contact Gianni Russo, Patrick Picciarelli, or myself, Megan Horan, with your questions and comments through the contact section of our website, hollywoodgodfatherpodcast.com, which is where you can also subscribe to our weekly newsletter. You can also call and leave us a message at 646-776-3038. Remember to follow us on Instagram at Hollywood Godfather and on Facebook, as well as leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. We'd like to know what you like about what we're doing, what you'd like to hear in the future, and anything else you might suggest to improve our podcast. Most importantly, hit the subscribe button. We'll be back next week with stories of the mob and Hollywood, as well as answers to your messages. Good night. I'll be around. Give me a call. Yeah. Hi, everyone. I want you to tune into Hollywood Godfather podcast. You can find us on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever else you hear your podcasts. Remember, we put up a new show every Wednesday night. Special guests, special surprises constantly, and you can get involved. Hollywood Godfather Podcast.